right, uh, welcome to this edition of the Beham Brothers podcast. Uh, we are going to be breaking down the Florida Gators on this episode. Um, really an exciting team. They've got a lot going on in their program. Um, a lot of questions surrounding this team, though, um, as we look at their 22 and 2023 season. Uh, Emmett, I've got a couple questions here. Uh, first and foremost, Billy Napier in year two. Do you think he makes it through this season? I don't know. It's going to be rough. They got a tough schedule. They don't have a lot of weapons right now. It's Florida fans are going to have to be real patient if he's going to survive. I think so too. They've they lost their most talented player, not even arguably their absolute most talented player, Anthony Richardson, who was just a freak athlete and could take over the game for them and did at times and was the only reason they won as many games. They went six and seven last year, three and five in the SEC. Um, but when you go look at their stats, it's really kind of amazing that they even went six and seven. I mean, they they kind of overachieved to get to six and seven. They overachieved, maybe a little bit of luck involved, honestly. And like you just said, they're losing their top talent. It's it's going to be rough because it does. Their schedule this year is not any easier. If anything, it's harder. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So speaking of their schedule, so the AP Top 25 came out today. And when you go look at their, their schedule, just off the bat, preseason, they have six Top 25 teams on their schedule. And five of those teams are in the Top 15. That's number one, Georgia, number five, LSU, Florida State, Tennessee, and Utah. And then Texas A&M is the outlier there. They're at number 23. Um, that's that's a pretty rough schedule. Yeah, I mean, that, not only that, that Utah game is away. Um, LSU at LSU, Georgia. Well, that's the largest cocktail party in the, the nation. So, yeah, it's also Georgia. So it really doesn't matter where you play them. It's yeah, really and, hard. <laughs> and, but at best, that stadium's going to be fifty fifty. I mean, it's yeah. it, you know you're not you're not taking over that stadium. You're not going to get any kind you're of home field advantage. Yeah. No. So, um, I mean, they've got a rough year ahead of them. Um, they did get Graham Mertz in um, from Wisconsin, um, big transfer quarterback. But honestly, there have been questions about whether he's actually going to be the starter this year or not. That's rough. I mean, that's rough when the transfer is that questionable. I mean... And not separating himself. Yeah, there, there's just not... It doesn't feel hopeful. We've talked about that before. There's not... Like a light at the end of the tunnel going with Florida right now. It just right. seems down in the dumps and like it's going to stay that way. Yeah, and there's not, you know, it's it's a little bit different than Auburn's situation. We just got done talking about Auburn yeah. and their quarterback race. Peyton Thorne versus um, Robbie Ashford. Um, you know, it's a different race because Robbie Ashford has a lot of experience. Holden Garner is highly regarded. You know, I don't know that Florida really has two guys on their team that are like Robbie Ashford and Holden Garner on the roster. So Graham Mertz may be their Peyton Thorne, but I don't know they have anybody behind him pushing him. Yeah, Jack Miller the third. I've never even heard of the guy. I've never heard of him. So that should tell you something right off the rip. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, looking at who they return on offense, they're returning four players on offense. Um, a running back, Montreal Johnson. The running back room is is probably top to bottom one of the better running back rooms. Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne were both great running backs last year. Etienne averaged 6.1 yards per carry last year. That's pretty stout. Yeah, Probably should have given him the ball a bit more. Yeah. Um, 
But um, then they returned Ricky uh, Persall. Um, he was their number one receiver last year. But they lose two other receivers, so you know maybe those guys probably puts a little bit more pressure on him. He's a possession receiver. He's not like a go up and beat somebody kind of receiver. So uh, more of a check down kind of guy. Uh, they get a tight end back, and then they get their center back. So they're losing a lot of their offensive linemen. Um, they're losing you know, two of their key receivers, and then they're losing their quarterback. So this is a team that was led offensively last year. You look at their stats. Overall, they were ranked 36th uh, statistically. Their defense was 96. Yeah. I mean, the polar opposites right there. Yeah, and when you lose your top players there, it, it doesn't bode well <laughs> yeah, for this upcoming season. There's nothing that shows, like, oh, look at what we got. We got better. There, there's none of that. It's yeah. just we lost everything. And, it, <laughs> and it's not Billy Napier's fault. We've been no, hard no. on Billy Napier in our other podcast, and we've talked about how we don't think Florida's going to do good this year. You guys will hear what where we've got them in just a minute, but – you know, it's not Napier's fault. It's Dan Mullen's fault, yeah. right? I mean, it didn't matter who came in here. Now, I will I will pause myself a little bit there and say, you know, a, a coach has got to come in and recruit. And I don't know that Napier did that to the extent he needed to in year one. Yeah. Napier is starting to feel more and more like Brian Harson to me. Yeah. And that is definitely not where you want to be. Now, their 2023 class is ranked fifth in the nation right now. They're almost fully loaded. By 247, they've got about a 260-point rating. That's a point scale. Just for reference, the 260 points puts you at about somewhere in the low 10s. So you're talking about anywhere from ninth in the nation to you know 15th at most, at worst. So it's a really good class. Um, probably won't finish top 10, but could finish top 10 yeah. um, there with that class. So he has done a good job in year two of recruiting. Are we talking 2023? Talking about this upcoming class that's going to sign, um, that'll sign in December. So 24. Sorry, 24 class. Okay. Yeah, okay. 24 class. I was like, really? sorry, confusing <laughs> me there. Yeah, so 2024 class. So, yeah, this is a team that <clears throat> I think they overachieved, and we'll go through their 22 schedule and results and talk about some of those games where they overachieved, um, and then we'll we'll break down their 2023 schedule. So... Looking at that 2022 schedule, game one, right out of the gate, they had Utah. That was a pretty big game opening weekend. Folks were really high on Utah. That was a really good Utah team. Um, they ended up going 10-4 and four overall, um, but they were a stout, stout team. Um, and they really kind of really felt like Utah had that game, and then they just kind of gave it away to Florida over and over again. So Florida wins that game 29-26. Yeah, and... That's one of those where I'm like, you, you got lucky because it didn't feel like Florida really won it. It felt like Utah lost it. Yeah. It's one of those kind of games. Yeah, really overachieved there and, and stole stole that game away. Although I'll say, you know, Utah wasn't necessarily a proven product at that point. So, But uh, they do have Cam Rising coming back again uh, this year. So uh, they get a win there. Then they go, they play Kentucky. They lose to Kentucky 16-26, to one of Kentucky's few kind of Good wins. Kentucky has done a really good job against Florida lately. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky's just done a good job, period, the past five years. They, last year was a down year, which is weird to say about Kentucky. Right. It was. It was a disappointing year for them last year. Um, but I think Mark Soups is going to turn that around um, for Kentucky. And we'll we'll talk about them when we do a breakdown of, of uh, the Wildcats uh, next weekend. But 
Um, Kentucky does get the win there. Florida gets the loss. They go, they play South Florida. That is a nail-biter of a game, 31-28. Close game, came down to a field goal. Um, you know, again, another game where really through these first three games, you're kind of going, who is Florida? Yeah. And this is one of those games where you kind of can see, like, Florida has lost their identity completely. Right. This is a team where Florida should be donkey stomping them. Like, it shouldn't be yep. close at all. Yep. And yet you're scraping by with the field goal. Yeah, and, you know, it doesn't get any easier. Then they go on the road. They play at Tennessee. They lose that game 33-38. Really stayed in the game really well. Kept it close for a Tennessee team that's known for putting up points. Um, held them to 38 points, which is saying something when that with that offense under Henry yeah. Hooker. Um, that's a, a really solid defensive performance there. Um, but just could not uh, keep up with the scoring um, uh, that Tennessee was putting up. They go, they play Eastern Washington. They get a big one there, 52-17. They beat Missouri, 24-17. And then they go, they play LSU, and they lose uh, They lose to LSU um, at home, uh, 35-45. I feel like that's really kind of when the wheels started to kind of fall off a little bit there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a good LSU team. It's not like you lost to a bad team. Yeah. However... It was. It's really to me, the game that I look at is that USF game. You you shouldn't. Again, you shouldn't beat them by a lot. It's not a an NCC school. Yeah, and it's a game they probably felt like they might be able to get some guys, some younger reps in, and then yeah. they ended up not doing it. And that's one of those things when when you don't put these teams away, you can't get your guys rest and get them ready for a Tennessee game. You also can't get these younger guys, you know, the needed reps they need against. You know, other Division One athletes to be able to, uh, you know, get them prepared for for their future uh, competition. So, uh, so they lose to LSU, then they lose to Georgia and Jacksonville, get blown out there. There's nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, no, nothing to complain about there. But they lose twenty to forty two. Yeah, pretty big blowout. It's a rivalry game, so you don't ever want to lose yeah. that big in a rivalry game. No, we know what it feels like. That's, That's right. Friends. Yeah. Uh, then they uh, then they get then they go on the road and they play at Texas A and M. They get a win there, forty one twenty four. Texas A and M is falling off a cliff at this point in their season. Um, they would then lose to Auburn. Um, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say about That's Texas. That's the perfect that way to describe it. I can actually picture Jimbo driving the team bus straight off of a cliff. <laughs> I mean, that's what he did. I mean, it was just a terrible team. Came in so hyped up and then just fell off a cliff. So, um, they're then, hyped up again. They're hyped up again. Um, uh, I think they're going to get disappointed again. Uh, then they play South Carolina. They beat South Carolina. They drum South Carolina 38-6. to six. Um, That's weird. Uh, it, that's the weird thing right there. You would think South Carolina, we've been pretty high on them. Yeah. They've got talent and... This Florida team, you got to give a lot of credit to AR because that's got to be coming from him yeah. right there. Yeah, he took over that game um, and and really uh, made it um, made it a, a big win for them. Yeah. Uh, and that was the game that really got them bowling because the next three games, including the bowl game, were all losses. They lose at Vanderbilt, twenty four thirty one. Should not happen if you're Florida. Then they lose at Florida State, thirty-eight forty-five. Another rivalry. Another rivalry. You don't want that to happen. And then they lose to Oregon State, thirty to three. Yeah, you lost to some Beavers. 
That's bad. That that, that that's a bad loss. Um, so when you look at that, I mean, they really they pulled a few wins out last year that I don't know that they're going to be able to do this year because, again, mainly because they don't have Anthony Richardson on their team this year. That's a huge, huge loss for Billy Napier and this team. Um, the other thing I'll point out, you know, Steve Spurrier was talking on a podcast um, earlier, and I heard him, and he quoted a stat that I actually I wasn't aware of. Just to talk about the Florida defense, um, they were 129th out of 131 teams in college football in third down defense. Mm. And he even said, if you're that bad on third down defense, you probably shouldn't even, you had no business winning six games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a, a big deal. They're going to have to turn that stat around, but I don't know that they've got the guys to be able to really do that. Hearing a lot of hype come out of Florida. Um, but, you know, another another program note for them, they did lose an expected starter in, in Justice Boone, a defensive end. Um, sophomore um, was really expected to be a, a big contributor for them this year. They've lost him for the season to an ACL tear in practice. Oh, man. So, it's, I mean, it's brutal. It, like, I'll be honest, it wouldn't have changed my thoughts of your no, season record, no, but, but still, it's just like... It's just another hit, right? Yeah. It's another hit for that team um, to lose somebody else um, and to, um, you know, an expected starter for them. He didn't start last year, but he got reps, um, and you needed somebody like that to step up. So, that's a huge loss for this team. So, Emmett, let's go through Florida's 2023 schedule, and let's see what kind of wins we can find here. Yeah. We're going to be searching. We're going to be searching. So they start out the season. This is actually going to be a big game. I mean, I'm excited about this game. I do think this is a close game. I actually think it's a key game for Florida. Yeah. If you get off the mat and you get a win here, that can change a few of these toss-ups, right? And it changes a few of the perceptions of this team. But it's at Utah. It's a Thursday night game. I, I got to give the win. I, I got to I gotta believe that Utah is going to win that game. Well, it was already a close one in Florida. So – Naturally, you gotta say, well, what gave Florida the edge in that game? Because the talent seemed pretty equal, because the score reflects it. Right. So I would say home field advantage goes to Florida. Home field advantage this year goes to Utah, and it's on Thursday. So these kids are going to be leaving in the middle of the week to travel across the country. So that's gotta affect the mentality going into that game a little bit too yeah there's also a little bit of an altitude there i mean you know it's not you know so i mean those things can have an effect on players um you don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna work out you're starting out a season if you've got a young team like like florida um starting out the season going on the road like that how are your young guys going to handle that are they prepared for that those are big things you know and you know this is going to be a prime time game it's going to be televised spotlight's going to be on you um there's a lot to look at here to believe that um, Utah is going to get the win. Cam Rising, Utah's quarterback, um, is injured. He's on the mend right now. All signs are pointing to him being able to play, but it's up in the air. He yeah. could not play. So if he doesn't play, that could be a big yeah. factor in this game. And you're 100% right where if they beat Utah in that first game, this we could be dead wrong about our prediction here. Yeah, they're, they're, and, we'll, and we'll talk about them. But there's about there's three or four games in here that are probably toss ups, um, and and if you know Florida can get a couple of those done, man, that'll do wonders for Billy Napier yeah. and and really kind of save 
his seat from getting too hot this year. Yeah. Um, so we've got them, though, losing that game uh, at Utah. Then they go, they play McNeese. They come back home. They play McNeese at home. Um, we think they're obviously going to get the win there. I think they can out, just out-talent them. Uh, then they play Tennessee. They do get Tennessee in the swamp, but I don't give them a shot against this Tennessee team. No. I, I think Tennessee's only going to get better, um, at least scheme-wise. I, I don't necessarily think that are record will show that they're better, but yeah. they've got a tough record or schedule this year. But Tennessee is still Tennessee. It's going to be the, pretty much the same Tennessee from last year, just minus Hinton Hooker. Yep. So they're still going to be good. They're going to score on you. Yeah, you know, I, I think Tennessee's going to put up points. I think they're going to continue <clears throat> to progress um, as a team, even though, and as a program, even though their record may not reflect the yeah. same total number of wins. Um, that's what they had and last year. I'll, I'll say this. If Florida beats Utah that first game, I think maybe it's a close first half against Tennessee. Yeah. You're not going to beat them, but it'll be a little bit closer. I do feel like the underdogs are doing better than they usually do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the underdogs can step up and, and get a few mm-hmm. wins. Yeah. That definitely plays a part into it. It's a rivalry game, so Florida, Florida – might come out there and just be like, we're going to throw some haymakers and might make it close. I mean, I, I still think I'm still going to give Tennessee the edge, but yeah, that might make it a game. No, it's a good point, Drew. I think, you know, having that underdog mentality can really benefit your team, can really gel your team together, motivate your team. You know, Napier did get a few guys in the transfer portal, not just uh, Graham Mertz, but he got a, a few linemen and whatnot. So can those guys come together and yeah. step up? Can they be motivated by being sort of, um, you know, everybody expects them to be terrible. And can that, you know, make them pull out a few victories that yeah. maybe they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so we've got them losing to Tennessee, though. Then they play Charlotte at home. Um, and we think they've got the win there. You know, there's no reason they should be losing to Charlotte. And then it gets really, really tough. Um, they play at Kentucky. This is a Kentucky team that beat them last year. I think it's a Kentucky team that's going to be vastly, vastly improved. And I don't think Florida's going to go up there and, and get the win. It, yeah, it might be the biggest improvement from like a year to year by the same coach that we've ever seen. Yeah, I, I'm more confident in Kentucky beating Florida than I am Tennessee beating Florida. I agree with that, actually. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say. Maybe it's also due to like timing of the games. Yeah. But I, I think that's a good... Early season, you can usually sneak out a win um, you know, by, by somebody un, being unexpected or... Um, or, you know, your team just trying to figure things out. Yeah. You know, you may be able to get an early win against the team you shouldn't. But, um, yeah, it being the fifth game of the year, I think Kentucky's ready. I think they're going to be um, rolling through their schedule at this point. Um, and uh, I think they'll be ready to play Florida. Kentucky really starts their season out with a really good opening uh, uh, opening schedule in terms of uh, who they play, it kind of slowly builds up. Uh, they play Vanderbilt right before they play Florida. So um, I really think Kentucky's going to be able to get the win there. Then Florida turns around and they play Vanderbilt. Now, you know, we've been we've, – we've pumped up Vanderbilt a little bit. Uh, we've talked about how it's a program that's kind of rising. Clark Lee's got them going in the right direction. But I, I think that Florida still can out-talent. And, and, you know, we've talked, we talked about with South Carolina, they can kind of outname them, right? You know, there's a name yeah. on the jersey, and, and I think sometimes that plays a role in games. Yeah, I mean, 
to me, this one kind of goes to Florida's playing at home. Yeah. So it'll be a little bit of a different environment than it was last year right. where they lost. Right. And I think that's what pulls out the dub for Florida. However, I, st- I still consider this game a toss-up. Like, I'm not counting Vandy out at all. Yeah, I, I think so far, I'll I'll say we've got two toss-up games so far. And I'll, I'll say that's the Utah game and the Vanderbilt game. Um, I'll give them the Vanderbilt game. I'm not ready to give them the Utah game early on. Um, I'll say this. If they beat Utah, they will beat Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think yeah. I think if they beat Utah, they do beat Vanderbilt. Um, uh, but I I still think they can beat Vanderbilt even if they don't beat Utah. Yeah, so, I just think it's more for sure. I guess yeah, that's a better way. I think you got a little more confidence in that team going into that. Um, so then they go on the road. They play at South Carolina. This is another toss-up game. I give the win to South Carolina. They've got a returning quarterback and Spencer Rattler. Uh, Shane Beamer is building that program. Um, those those guys play motivated, and they play with a lot of energy and a lot of hype. Playing in their stadium is tough, yeah. and I think that was really kind of the deciding factor yeah. when we went over South Carolina. Was It was that and the topic of revenge. Yeah. They remember Florida beating them, and they're going to want that game. Yeah, I think they get that game back. And um, so... Uh, again, another loss for Florida here um, on the road at South Carolina. And then they get a break. They get a bye week October 21st. They might lose that one too. But the back half of their schedule is rough. I mean, it, it is rough. They open up the back half of their schedule playing Georgia uh, in the in the cocktail party. And, uh, man, that, there's no way that they, nope. that they beat Georgia. There's literally... It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like saying that word about college football, but it's impossible. You know, we say that, but, you know, in 2021, I didn't give Auburn a shot in the dark to, to beat Alabama, and they took them into four overtimes. See, that's funny that you said it, because I went into that game thinking, I think we're going to beat them. <laughs> I was fully confident. I was just like, you know, there's something in the air. I was down there. Uh, the fans were going a little wild. I was like... You know, maybe we just think, do something crazy. I think that was the bourbon talking. So, ah, um, don't say that. You know, uh, I, I don't give uh, Florida a chance there. So, they get the loss there. Then they play Arkansas. They do get Arkansas in the swamp. Um, but I think Arkansas is going to be too good for them. You know, KJ Jefferson. You got Rocket Sanders. Um, I think it's a team that's returning enough guys to be able to beat Florida. Um, and I just don't see where Florida's got enough guys that have the right experience or the right amount of talent to be able to overcome Arkansas. No, I, I mean, you're right. they got two returning beast modes on offense. Yeah. And KJ and uh, Rocket. Right. And, I mean, I think that alone is enough to beat them. I mean, which is sad to say for Florida. I mean, their defense was pretty terrible last year, so. No, I agree. I think, uh, I think having uh, those two guys in the backfield – uh, probably one of the best quarterback running back duos you know, in the SEC. So having those two guys will be huge. Then they go, they play uh, in Death Valley at LSU. Uh, honestly, somewhere to the Georgia game. I just don't give yeah. them a shot in the dark. There. It's a fitting name, Death Valley. Yeah. Because that's where teams go to die. Yeah, it is. Um, so if you're counting up, we've given Florida three wins so far. Um, they've got Missouri and Florida State left on the schedule to this point. Now, we have said the Utah game's a toss-up, so that's potentially a fourth win. The South Carolina game is potentially a toss-up. That's a fifth win. 
Missouri game is another toss-up game. Now, the question is, how motivated is this team? If they've beaten Utah and Vandy and South Carolina, now you're fighting for a bowl game, right? And so that Missouri game means something. Yeah. If you haven't won those games and you're not fighting for a bowl game and you just rolled out, reeled off four straight losses, South Carolina, Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, man, you are not feeling good. Man, just playing Georgia is going to be – playing Georgia and LSU and Arkansas, really, back-to-back-to-back, that's – That's rough. You're, you're going to come out on the other side of that just thinking, what just happened? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Graham Mertz may be regretting his decision to transfer <laughs> down the – down to Florida, so if he survives, yeah, I, exactly. And so um, then they go. They play at Missouri. I mean, that's the next game on the schedule. You know, a lot of teams that second to last week of the schedule get um, kind of a non-conference game. A lot of the a lot of the West yeah. teams do. A lot of the East teams all play a all play a, a conference game that week. But the West teams all typically play a, a an off-schedule team non non-conference game. Um. They play at Missouri. Man, I, I give the win there to Eli Drinkwitz and Missouri the Missouri Tigers. No, I'm right there with you. I, I think it's it's weird. Missouri somewhat has more hope than Florida, but they still don't even have a lot of hope. So that just makes me think, God, what like seriously, what is going on at Florida? Now, you mentioned the recruiting class for next year. I didn't know that, so that's that's a little bit of good news. Maybe hold on to him a little bit longer. The, the question is, can they hold on to that class? Um, December's yeah. a long ways away, and if you go into this season and you you start reeling off as few of wins as what we've got them reeling off, you know how many more of those guys stick around? Yeah. Or even you know what is the price on some of these guys? If you're talking about NIL, yeah. What does the price on these guys go to? You know because you know these other programs are going to be going after them. Yeah, I mean. That's a that's a really good point because even if your pitch to them was early playing time, which yeah. is probably what it was, right? Uh, they might see the schedule and be like, "You really need me, like, yeah. give me more money or I'm gone." Right. And so that's a very good point. You, you're gonna need to at least pull one of those uh, toss ups out. You've got to. I mean, it can go south for Florida really, really quick, yeah. and it's. This won't even be rock bottom. If <laughs> it's if like next year will be worse if this is what happens. Yeah, I mean because you know you're you're still rolling into either year three of Billy Napier and you may not have the recruiting class you need, or you're going through another coaching search going into this yeah. offseason and you need somebody you're who can come in. Yeah, and you need somebody who can come in and and really turn this thing over. Yeah, I mean you need a Gus Malzahn's first year type thing to happen next year if what we're saying happens yeah that's the kind of level of turnaround you're gonna need yeah um i do, when the underdogs play other like good teams they get underestimated a lot but that also could make them win because the other teams like might take them easy because they're the underdogs i see what you're saying so like they don't want to waste their energy like maybe missouri goes into that game seeing florida's record Maybe takes them a little too lightly, and maybe Florida pull, comes in and pulls off the upset. That's very true. I mean, it happen, I would say it happens to Auburn a lot. Yeah, and you play down to your competition. Yeah. You know, you hear teams doing it all the time. So, yeah, they could absolutely sneak in. That's a good point, Drew. They could actually sneak in a win or two here just because a team thinks they're a cupcake. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and takes it too easy on them. And I, I would say I, I, 
you wouldn't even be able to blame Missouri. Like, if I'm a Missouri fan and I see what's happened to Florida up until this point, I'd be like, oh, we should get this one. I right. mean, like, you're leaving at halftime and then all of a sudden Florida makes a comeback, that type of deal. Yeah. Had to sit through that with Mississippi State at Auburn. That wasn't fun. Yeah, I mean, it's so you're absolutely right, Drew. That you know they could turn around and 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 a team could sleep on sleepwalk on them, and Florida could come up and get a win. I could see that happening uh, for an Arkansas team. I could see that happening for an LSU team to maybe sleepwalk on them a little yeah. bit. Although I think LSU has enough leadership between Brian Kelly and Jaden Daniels at, at quarterback yeah. to not do that. Um, but it's those teams that have that leadership sometimes, you know, coaches just don't prepare. Yeah. You know, they're worried about the next game. So maybe Brian Kelly focuses too much on a Southern accent. Uh, who knows? That, that may be it. You know, <laughs> the LSU team, I mean, after they play Florida, they play Georgia State. So I don't see that as being necessarily like a, a, a trap game for them. Um, now, they will be coming off the Alabama game. So, you know, they they could be worn out from that game. Um, Arkansas will be mm. coming off of a bye week as they get ready to play Florida, so that makes that one kind of tough for them. Uh, Georgia will be coming off of a bye week before they play Florida. Right. The, you know, uh, Georgia's got way too much time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Gi- I'm not giving a shot to Georgia. So, but no, you're right. I mean, one of these teams could absolutely slip up and 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 let Florida beat them. Yeah, I mean, for lack of a better term, so. Uh, but right now, I mean, we've just got that first domino falling at Utah, and I just don't see where they pick it back up. I don't see where they're able to stop the bleeding. You're right, and but it could go the other way, like we said at the beginning. Yeah. If they beat Utah, this is a whole different... Yeah, your perspective of Florida changes if they beat Not they even beat Utah. that, just there's more wins on that schedule right there if yeah. they beat Utah. And I'm not just meaning one more. I'm meaning maybe two more come out. Well, and, and two, you don't know. I mean... For South Carolina, if Spencer Rattler gets hurt, yeah, right. I mean, these are the storylines that always yeah. end up changing the game, right? If Spencer Rattler gets hurt, um, if Kentucky, for if if Devin Leary gets hurt, or if all their transfers don't pan out the way they thought they would, if they're still not able to fix their offensive line issues, um, Kentucky could go south again. Um, I don't see Georgia or LSU kind of going in the tank. Florida State's one I do look at. Now, and we hadn't talked about that game, but I, right now we've got them as a loss. We've got Florida going three and nine. Yeah. Um, just to kind of wrap that part of it up. But Florida State could be a team that collapses this year. It's true. You know, they, they've really, even going into last year, it was do or die for Florida State. Mm-hmm. And they got that win versus LSU early on on a fluke play. Um, and then. They kind of got it going, you know. They had some losses in there that they shouldn't have lost too, but <clears throat> as a program that you thought, oh, okay, they've you know Norvell's turned it around, but they could absolutely just collapse this year and and go right back to six and six or worse. You're 100 percent right, and I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, as much as I will never get over that national championship game, college football is better. It seems like when Florida State's pretty good. Doesn't yeah, it feel what, that way because the ACC gets a little bit more competitive. It's not just Clemson. Yeah, we you know you need the ACC to be good. I think when Florida State, when Miami's good, when Clemson's good, um, that that can be an exciting conference. It gives you something to something to look at outside of the Big Ten and the SEC. It's that, yeah, and, 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 no, I I agree. And they're also sort of traditional programs, yeah. and you know 
at least in the modern college football era, 1984 word. So, um, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Florida, we've got them going three and nine. Um, I hate to see that. Uh, it's a story program. Um, it's got a lot of history. I love, you know, Steve Spurrier. You know, people keep saying, you know, is Billy Napier the right guy? Or, or there's a lot of people that say, hey, Billy Napier is the right guy. He's the right guy. He's the right guy. I don't know, right? I haven't seen him do anything yet that says, oh, for sure, he's the right guy. You know, you can say a lot of the right things. And Brian Harson said a lot of the right things to make people feel like, oh, he's the next Pat Dye. You know, he's going to yeah. be this tough, blue-collar yeah. kind of guy, but then he wouldn't go out and recruit. Um, that was his downfall. I know Napier is recruiting, but can he coach ball? You yeah. know, can he can he do those things? Can he motivate a team um, that's going to need some motivation to step up and get some of these wins? Yeah, I, I want to know how many of those people are saying Napier's our guy after this season, if if what we're saying is correct. Yeah, and and you know, and I look at their schedule, and and just from a talent perspective, there are at least four games on their schedule, probably five, where Florida is just out talented with their current roster. That's Tennessee, Kentucky, Georgia, LSU, and then Arkansas, probably Florida State too. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at six teams on their schedule that just have more firepower than you. So yeah. you've got to figure out a way to get wins versus everybody else. Not all those are going to go your way, yeah. you know. Um, you ha- your ceiling is six and six. Yeah, I-, I really think that's it. That's bad. That that is that's a bad spot to be in, and it's not Napier's fault. All of it. No, because Dan not. Mullen he made that famous quote of, "Well, it's not recruiting season." Right. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard from an yes. SEC coach. Yes. Because it's, it's always recruiting season. Yeah. Even even when you're in a dead period, it's recruiting season. Yeah, so just how it goes. Yep. So uh, that's what we think of Florida um, and, and our projection for them. We've got them going three and nine this year. Um, next time on the Behan Brothers podcast, we are going to cover Mississippi State, um, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and we'll go over to this team. This team that's got a lot of questions going into the into the year. Now, they do return a ton of players, but can Zach Arnett lead this team uh, to where Mike Leach had them? Um, this is a team that lost Mike Leach, um, um, and they're going to be playing for him, um, playing uh, hard for him, but it's going to be a different offense and most likely a different defense overall. So what can this team do? Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on Twitter and Facebook, at Brothers, where we break down SEC news, stories, and more.